think we recognize, don't we, that life is indeed a journey. And uh, like any journey, there are changes in the landscape. I know how many of you go to a vacation someplace or you're driving and soon you're in mountains and beautiful mountains. Then you get in these plains and you get to other places and hopefully you get to the ocean at some point. <laughs> That's what we look forward to in the landscape changes. Linda and I have been married now 38 years. We knew each other seven years before that. So for four, well, thank, I didn't mean for you to do that, but that's more for her because she's put up with me for all this time. Thank you, honey. So it's been 45 years. I mean, Linda is getting old. I mean, yeah, I, I meant we were getting older, didn't come out just right. Hey, the landscape has changed in our lives. Many of those landscape changes are great. Grandkids are great. You know, uh, them holding on my legs saying, I love you, Poppy. I mean, the problem is you have to get old to get them, but once you get them, it's really great. Some landscape changes are not easy. And uh, we face them in life. Linda's mom fell about a week and a half ago, broke her hip. She's 95, almost 95 years old. The landscape for her has changed. And for us as well. And that's not unique to us. You guys all face these things in many forms. The landscape changes. But one thing we can be certain of is that no matter the landscape, God remains constant. He is real and he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we need his help. And we need his wisdom. There are certain times in our lives, perhaps, that we need it more than others. I agree. <laughs> but we always need it. James said, if any of you were to lack wisdom, what are we to do? We're to ask God. God wants us to seek him for wisdom. Do you remember what King Solomon did when he took over for David? Uh, the greatest king in the history of Israel. His father had reigned 40 years. He became king as a young man. And God approached him at that time and said, ask what I shall give you. <laughs> wow, what would you answer if God said that to you? Just ask, what can I give you? And do you remember Solomon's answer? Yeah. He said, give me wisdom for who is able to govern this great people of yours. God was pleased with that. He didn't ask for possessions for himself or honor or wealth. He asked God for wisdom. And at this crucial time, I thought it would be good for us, not only as individuals, but as a church family, to ask God for wisdom. I think many of us understand that there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom, right? Um, a person can be very intelligent, yet be unwise. Maybe you saw some of these pictures like I have in the past. It's usually under the heading, Why Men excuse me, why women live longer than men, okay? So let me show you a few of these pictures here. Uh, men do not do smart things with ladders, okay? That's one reason women live longer than men. I like this one. I mean, that's one way to get your hedges trimmed, you know. Uh, yeah. That's how to get your flat screen home. You know, you buy one. I mean, don't you have a friend with a car? I mean, there you go. Okay. The funny part is Dave's up in the booth running our thing. He said, I would have done these two. Yeah. There's a couple he wouldn't do, but most of the men identify with this. I'm sure these guys are all intelligent, but I don't know about their wisdom. 
So what is wisdom? Why don't we just start with a definition? First of all, let's make the distinction between knowledge and wisdom. Here's the definition of knowledge. Knowledge is the accumulation of facts, data, and ideas that we acquire through study, research, investigation, observation, or experience. I think you know what it means. It's stuff that we start to know and acquire, okay? That's very necessary. We have to learn things. We have to have knowledge. But it's very important that it's seasoned with wisdom. And wisdom can be defined this way, the ability to apply that knowledge to the greater scheme of life. It's not just what you know. It's what you do with what you know. Wisdom brings insight about the knowledge or information, and what it means to your life. How many of the kids here are about seven, eight, or nine years old? Just raise your hand. If you're seven, eight, or nine years old, there's, there's one with gray hair in the back that's not telling the truth. All right. So, okay, good. I want to tell you a story. You may not believe that this actually happened, but when I was your age, it really did happen. So, I was uh, playing in the neighborhood down at, my, at the neighbor's house, about three houses down. They were putting an addition on the house. They had dug uh, a footer there, and a big dirt pile was right beside it. I was up with some of my friends playing on the dirt pile. My dad came out of the house and was walking toward the garage. We had a detached garage, and so as he walked to the garage, he could look down, and he could see that I was on the dirt pile. He yelled, Jimmy, get down off that dirt pile. I don't want you playing on that. Okay, Dad, just because I'm a good son. Okay, Dad, and I got right down. He got in his truck and he backed out and he went beside the house and I assumed he had left. What do you, kids, what do you think I did? <laughs> now, why would you think I'd go back on that dirt pile? I absolutely did. And uh, he was gone. I mean, why not? Well, what I didn't know is my dad was not gone. He waited beside the house for a couple minutes and his truck pulled back up, and he, my eyes caught his. I'm not going to tell you any more of that story right now. Uh, the point is, I think you kind of can figure out what happened after that, but the point of the story is this. I had all the facts. I had all the knowledge I needed. He's the dad. I'm the son. He makes the rules. He's the boss. I'm supposed to respect and honor his leadership. I had all that knowledge. What was lacking was wisdom. It was unwise of me to think that it's only beneficial in my life to listen to my dad when he's watching. See? So knowledge is one thing, but you got to be wise. You got to know how to apply it to your life. And so, friends, even as we're on the journey together as a, as a church family, we need to be wise. We have wisdom, but we need to seek God for uh, wisdom. He wants us to walk in a way of wisdom. Let me just use as a springboard for our thoughts today briefly a phrase out of Proverbs 9.10, chapter 9, verse 10, and it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, it's saying if you want to be wise, there's a starting point. If you don't want to be just a person with knowledge and find yourself on a ladder like this, precariously placed, you're going to need wisdom. And that wisdom begins by fearing the Lord. Now, in this context, fearing does not mean to be afraid of. Although I do want to say this. There are many passages in the Bible that say we should fear the wrath of God, his righteous wrath against sin. 
We should fear that. But in this context, it's talking about reverencing God, giving Him our deep respect, our admiration, our honor. Do you remember the very first phrase of the Lord's Prayer when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray? Of course you do. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. When I was a kid, I never understood the word hallowed. I grew up, and, um, and I bet kids right now, if I say, what does hallowed mean? You have no clue. I didn't either when I was your age. Uh, in fact, in our church growing up, we said the Lord's Prayer every week, okay, as a congregation. We said it, and I, like the congregation, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We always said it with three syllables, hallowed. I think it's more, I don't know, hallowed, you know. And I'm going, what's hallowed? And I remember coming home from church one day, and I decided I was going to try to write out the Lord's Prayer from memory. I didn't know where it was in the Bible yet. But uh, we said it every week. And so this is how I wrote the first phrase. Our Father who art in heaven, how would it be thy name? I mean, that's what it sounded like to me. I mean, I couldn't figure out how would it be thy How would it be? How, oh, they must be saying, how would it be? <laughs> Our Father who art in heaven, how would it be thy name? And I, I still didn't know what that meant either. <laughs> so I showed it to my mom. And my mom said, Jimmy, no. We're not saying, how would it be thy name? We're saying, hallowed, hallowed. God's name, and she taught me, that means we're praying that God's name would be honored. That people would respect him and honor him as God. Jesus, that's on the heart of Jesus, by the way. He's taught us to pray. Church, when you pray, our Father who is in heaven, remember, God is above all. He's in heaven. He's above us all. And when we're to pray to him, we're, say, we're to pray, oh God, May your name be hallowed, revered, honored, respected. Isn't it interesting how honor and reverence, though, is only given when the intrinsic value of something is recognized? Can I say that again? If you fall asleep, I know these phrases come fast. Honor and reverence is only given when the intrinsic value of something is recognized. It's like this. I heard this illustration a while back. It's like two men who are standing at the, on the top of the Grand Canyon looking down over the vastness and the beauty. And one man stands there and looks at all this beauty and the grandeur of it and just is speechless and in awe. And in his heart says, Oh God, how could you make something like this? <laughs> you are awesome and incredible. And the other man get whoa, I wonder if I could spit all the way to the bottom. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, Joan. I hope nothing really came out there. <laughs> but seriously, what's the difference between those two people? They're looking at the same thing. But they're not valuing the intrinsic value that's there. They're not recognizing the God who created it. These past couple of weeks, haven't we seen some beautiful sunsets in the western sky? I've been seeing you guys like posting on Facebook. I've seen it, you know, the, 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 the beautiful sunbeams coming down through the clouds, gorgeous colors. And we're recognizing it. But I, I wonder how many give glory and honor to the God who created it, the artist <laughs> who said, look at this one. Look at this one, everybody. 
That's why the Bible often encourages us to recognize and acknowledge the greatness of God. Psalm 29.2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Psalm 34.3, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. We're, we're to recognize the value of God, okay? There's a warning that sometimes the Bible, you know, the Bible gives us encouragements and the Bible gives us warnings. One of the warning in the past, I can almost hear the sadness in the heart of God when he speaks to the priests through the prophet Malachi and he says these words to him, to them, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, God is saying, where is my fear? Why don't you reverence me? Why don't you honor me? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest, who despise my name. And they said, oh, how do we despise your name? What are you talking about? And well, just one example. God had said when you sacrifice an animal, it's to be a spotless animal. It's to be without flaw. You know why? Because it's pointing ahead to the Messiah who would be sinless and spotless. And it was a symbol of that. So God told them, please, when you come before me, come with a perfect sacrifice. They weren't doing that. They brought a lame one or a blind one, one that they couldn't get any money for, one that was of no value to them. Go ahead, let's give this one to God. And he says, why are you not honoring me? It's sad when the world fails to honor God, but it's even more tragic when God's people drift away from honoring him. Friends, over these last nine years, the landscape has changed at Hope Church, but our God is unchanging. And as we honor him, he will give us the wisdom we need for the journey ahead. In fact, our mission has not changed. It's our mission and we exist to show forth the glory of God as we honor him before a watching world. Amen. That's our mission, to honor God. You're here to honor God today. We're here to honor God in this community and to say he's worthy of praise. He's a great God and creator. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. You know, and the world watches. The world watches us. Why do these people love one another? Why do they give money to the church? Why would you give money to the church, they go say. What, what are you doing that for? Why do you even get up on Sunday morning and come to church? I was, I was uh, oh, what's that song? Oh, I heard Lionel Richie. He was singing that song. It's easy. This one. It's easy like Sunday morning. Remember that song? And I'm thinking, well, first of all, Sunday mornings haven't been easy like that for me. I'm like, my whole life, they've not been easy. You know, I, I think I'm picturing what he's saying. He's saying, I'm kicking back, and Sunday morning, I got my cup of coffee, my newspaper, watching a little news, going to play a little golf. But you know what? I don't want to be easy on Sunday morning. I just don't. I want to come here. I want to be with you. I want to honor God in this place. I want other people to honor God in this place. Do you know Christians, uh, listen, the first Christians were all Jewish people. And they, their Sabbath was on Saturday. They all came to church on Saturday, okay? And after Jesus was raised from the dead, they respected that event so much that they began to gather on the Lord's Day, they called it, on Sunday. We're actually here on a Sunday because... People were so affected by the resurrection of Jesus Christ that they began gathering on Sunday to honor that event. 
And I want to honor that event. Every week you're here on a Sunday morning, you're honoring the fact that Jesus Christ died and was raised to de- uh, from death to life for you. I want to honor him that way. <laughs> no offense to Lionel Richie. Would have been, I would have liked the song better if it was Saturday morning. Easy like Saturday morning. I would have liked it better. Hey, real quick as we close, let's look at three ways we can reverence God. First of all, if we want to honor God in this place, God is reverenced when we love Him. God is honored when we love Him. In fact, the greatest commandment Jesus said is that we would love the Lord our God with all of our heart and all of our soul and with all of our strength. To love God with all your heart means that the Lord is your greatest treasure. I treasure many things in this life. I treasure, despite my uh, offensive remark earlier, I treasure my relationship with this woman. I treasure her. I love her. I treasure my children, my grandchildren, my family. I treasure being able to serve God. I treasure these things in my life. But friends, there's a lot of things we treasure. But God demands that our highest treasure be Him above everything else. Because Jesus said where your treasure is, what? There your heart will be also. And He deserves our heart. Because as our kids were singing today, I'm sorry, I don't mean to call you kids. They're young people, they're not. As they were singing, He's, they were singing about a God who's worthy to be his love returned. He sent us this relentless, reckless love. And he, and he asked that, all he asked is, would you love me in return? Love me in return. To love him with all your soul means you, you love him and give him your, your love in every aspect of your being, your intellect, your heart, your mind, your will, everything. To love Him with all your might means that we use everything we have at our disposal to love and serve the Lord. Jesus once communicated this to the Ephesian church, a church that had been known for their love. The Apostle Paul was their pastor for a season. He says, you have abandoned the love you had at first. It can happen to anybody. Do you love Him like you used to? Do you love Him today like you used to when you first came to know Him? If not, it's okay. Jesus said, well, it's not okay. I'm saying there's hope. Jesus says, remember where you've fallen from. Repent, turn, and return to me. I have open arms. Return. And remember that loving God can only be happening if we're loving one another. John said, any person who says, I love God but hates his brother is a liar. For if you do not love the brother who you've seen, You cannot love God whom you have not seen. And the scripture is full of all these one another's. Love one another. Forgive one another. Bear the burdens of one another. Encourage one another. Build one another up. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. Do not speak evil of one another. Hey, it sounds like God wants us to be together in this thing. And he really wants us to love one another and help each other. And listen, the one we skim over too easily is bear with one another. Thank you for bearing with us, me. Thank you for bearing with us. Let's bear with each other. And we'll honor God in this city. 
second way to reverence God is that we trust him. You know, it honors God when you believe him. And the first thing you believe if, is that you believe in his son, Jesus Christ. At Two times the voice of God was heard in regards to his son. One was at the baptism of Jesus. The other was at the transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured. Remember, it, John says his face became like the sun and his his clothes were glowing. There was just an aspect of his glory. And God the Father says, this is my beloved son, the son in whom I love. What did he say? Listen to him. God says, listen to him. You can't honor God without honoring the son. You can't love God without loving the son. You can't believe in God without believing the son. Believe in Jesus Christ. Speaking of Jesus, John said, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I don't know where you're at in your relationship with God today, but if you want to honor God, receive the Son. Believe that he died for your sins. Put your faith and trust in him. Let him be your Savior and your God. And that's the step to honor him that you need to take. I believe we trust in God and honor him when we believe his word. When we put our trust in, in this book, the Bible. Do you know that the Bible, Paul wrote and he said, all scripture has been inspired by God. All of it. And it's profitable for training, for teaching, for reproof. In other words, teaching, showing you the way to go. Reproof when you get off that way. Correction, how do I get back? And for training in righteousness, how to stay and walk in a way that's pleasing to God. There's so many things in this book. It promises, and Peter says that God has given us in this book his precious and very great promises. I love that. That's 2 Peter 1.4. God has given us precious and great promises. Think of some of the promises of God that he's given. The promise of salvation through faith in Christ. The promise of comfort in our trials. The promise never to leave us or forsake us. The promise to finish the work he began in us. The promise to supply all our needs. The promise to prepare a place in heaven for us. And we could go on and on and on and on and on. All the promises of God. And we honor God when we trust in his precious and very great promises. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. In all your ways, not just when you're in church, when you're at school, when you're at work, when you're out with friends, by the entertainment you watch and participate in. No matter what you do, in all your ways, acknowledge God. Live for him at all times. And he will make your, that's a promise, he will make your way straight. Young people, do you want to have a blessed life? Let me just tell you, honor God in every, every aspect of your life. Listen to your parents. <laughs> Even when you don't think they're right. I thought it was okay to be on that dirt pile. I really did. <laughs> but God will honor you if you listen to them. Adults, live for him. Honor him in every aspect of your life. And lastly, we reverence God when we obey him. There was a dramatic change in the landscape coming to the people of Israel following the 40 years that they were in the wilderness. 
They were about to enter into the promised land, and that was not an easy task. It wasn't like it was an, uh, just an empty land where they could just walk in. There were going to be battles. There were going to be, uh, but God said, I will be with you. I will be with you. I will give you the land. Moses, who had been their leader through all this time, was not going with them. He was about to die. Joshua would take them into the land. They were going to have a new leader. They were going to have a new mission. But listen to what Moses said to the people just before he died and went to be with God. This is, listen to what he said. Take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day so that you may command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law. And listen to this phrase. They are not just idle words for you. They are your life. This book, you know, dust it off. Pick it up. Read it. Ask God for help in understanding it. These are not idle words, Hope Church. These are your very life. In keeping them, the Bible says, there is great reward. I conclude with some verses of hope and promise for us as we honor the Lord. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. That's 2 Chronicles 16.9 if you're taking notes. 2 Chronicles 16.9. Isn't that a wonderful picture? Now, I love when the Bible personifies God, like he's got these eyes that are rolling. But I, the, the fact is they're trying to say he's everywhere all the time. So it's not like, oh, I'm... He's looking for, for hearts of faith, people whose hearts are committed to him, who trust in him. And he says, I will strengthen you. Hold on to me. I'll give you hope. The Lord declares, those who honor me, I will honor what a powerful promise, 1 Samuel 2.30. And from Jeremiah, a very well-known verse, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your peace and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Hope Church, as we continue the journey ahead of us, let's begin by remembering the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's not how would it be thy name. It's hallowed be thy name. Let's hallow his name. And let's see what our God can do. As the worship team comes, let me pray. Father, I thank you for a chance today to really humble ourselves in your presence. You know the way we take. You know everything about us. You know the times that our landscape is filled with joy and our circumstances are good. You know the times when the landscape is dark and there's difficulties and deep trials. 
And you're the rock and the fortress for us in all times. I pray that you would help us to remember that to reverence you, to honor you here in the city of Brunswick is why you've raised this church up. Save us from a consumer mentality that only looks to what we can get out of this church. We are here to build one another up to serve. I was so blessed to see our middle schoolers going to serve the, the, the dear kids and, and, and folks at the creative housing. Would you bless that? <laughs> I know you will. And, and just help us, God, to realize that you've sent us into the world just like you came, Jesus. We're not greater than you. You're our master. You didn't even come to be served, but to serve and to give your life a ransom for many. So God, help us to honor your name in this place so that people would be drawn to you and come to realize just what an awesome God you are. We love you, and I'm thankful for this uh, time that we've had together. Keep helping us. Keep helping Pastor Tom and Lori and their family. Keep helping us as a church family. Help us to honor your name, and we will look to you our great God who will help us and lead us and make our path straight as we continue to acknowledge you in this city. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.